I'm gonna make him an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Brace for impact, all right. This is The Best Movies You've Never Seen, a podcast about movies, movies I've seen many times. My name is Stephen Fennick, and the whole show exists to show these movies to my good mate, Trevor Long, who has never seen these movies, hence the name of our show, The Best Movies You've Never Seen. Trevor, welcome. Great to be here. Looking forward to this one. This is a good one, an Australian movie. We're, we're talking about Crocodile Dundee, released in 1986, as you correctly picked in your millionaire question yeah, last week. rare, but... Starring... Paul Hogan. Now, Paul Hogan at this point was an absolute TV legend. Had never made a movie before. Right. He but was the Paul Hogan show. He was on a current affair early days. And, and Bay, back back in the day was, was a Was this around Bridge. the time of the Shrimp on the Barbie ads? No, this was before oh, that. Really? Yes. This was what spurred those oh, ads. See, I, in watching yes. this, I assumed that this was created to bring... No. Out, Paul, Paul Hogan Paul started. Hogan. Wow. This whole, the movie was released in, in 86, and the whole Shrimp on the Barbie, Bring Everyone to America, From America to Australia, was a result of the popularity of this movie, which wow. I'll talk in depth more in a second. Awesome. But, yeah, this was an absolute monster hit back in the mid-80s, yep. and not just in Australia, worldwide hit. Uh, Paul Hogan says, so there's a bit of dispute whether this was based on a real person. Huh. So he yeah. he in an interview he he guaranteed he says there is there was not there's not a real crocodile Dundee this was a, uh, I, I thought of this character myself right and he admitted he he sort of had the whole fish out of water idea of when he yep. travelled to New York and how strange it felt and wouldn't it be good to put a character there and that was the seed of the idea but years later it was revealed that a character a, a guy a bushman this real life character rod ansell uh he apparently survived a a boat capsizing during a solo hunting expedition and survived eating snakes and drinking cow blood and all this other stuff and there he he rose to fame on the on the back of that mm. But and then when he saw Crocodile Dundee, he thought, "Well, this is this guy's this is telling me. my story, right?" Wow. Uh, so 
he he said, look, I, he as a result of the the success of of Crocodile Dundee and the, him not getting a cent out of it, he sort of said that sort of saw the end of his marriage and he sort of just his life just sort of, it was in decline after wow. that. But 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 Paul Hogan still insists that look, I thought of this character, the similarities with this other guy is is coincidental. But everyone, everyone was sort of calling him the real Crocodile Dundee. He even tried to start his own Crocodile Dundee tour tour company. Yeah. And the the product. I was going to say trademark said, issues. No yeah. thanks. Yeah, you can't do that. So uh, it is. I reckon. Let's say seventy percent Paul Hogan's idea with yep. a little bit of this sort of character, perhaps maybe drawn on. And look, in Paul Hogan's yeah. defence, it wasn't the internet era, so no, exactly he wouldn't. Right. If, even if the story did exist, he might not have ever known, known about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. Good luck to him. Now, did you notice in when the credits, when the actual logo came up and there were quotes around Crocodile, you know, the little quote marks no. around Crocodile? Let's have another look at it. There were quote marks. Reason for that, that was added for the American release. So uh, the version I saw didn't have the quote marks, but I have seen other versions with the quote marks, which right. were the, meant for American audiences. So where did you watch this? Um, on Fetch. On Fetch. Through, I feel like it was yeah. on Stan. Right. So that probably might have had that. And I'll ask you during the rundown if there were other versions of things that were said as well. Mm. There, were, there were a couple of lines. Okay. But the reason remember. the quotes were around it was for the American audience to think that this wasn't a movie about a crocodile. Yeah, right. Even yeah. the even the stand it has the cover quote title marks. has the quotes. There you go. So that's mm. just, just to tell the audience this isn't a movie about a crocodile. It's about a bloke named Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> that's what wow. That's okay. Now this was a. This event, this production, this project was a a big deal in the lead up. There, there were a lot of willing investors right. for the project, including Michael Hutchins and members of In Excess. Wow! Invested heavily and made a fortune out of it. Oh wow! Even they even uh, contributed a song. There's a song really? called "A Different World." That remember the party scene. Remember when they oh, went yes, to the yeah, party? Yeah, yep, yep. The second, the first song they played at the party was another Mental as Anything song, the, an Aussie band. Yeah. The second song at the party was the the, the In Excess new wow. song they wrote. So uh, they they made a fortune out out of the movie, as did a lot of other celebrities in on the know as well. Righto. Uh, now let's establish. Mm. You have seen this, not seen this, seen parts of this. What's the game? This or this, as always, disproves what a rubbish memory I have. I've definitely seen the movie. Yeah. But man, I could not have recounted. Right, 20% of it, having okay. watched it again this week. It, it, yeah, it so, felt like you're like, watching it for the first the time. The general, like, so bottom line, the general theme of it, I was across, right. but I had no you idea could have how, across that how everything happens. That's right, Fair true, enough. yeah, Fair true, enough. true. And you know, yeah, the, that's not a knife. You knew all that sort of uh, stuff. Mate, right? man, who, who, who if you don't know, know that, that, where yeah. are you living? You're, you're on Australia yeah. if you don't know that. <laughs> Well, right, let's talk about the massive success this movie was. This was a huge hit. Wow. Paul Hogan said, he's quoted, he says, I thought it was a nice little comedy movie for Australia. <laughs> it's what he said at wow. the time. But let me tell you now, this came out in 1986, hmm. was the second highest grossing film in the world. Wow. Have a guess the movie that beat it, 1986. 86, I would have no idea. Movie with Tom Cruise in it. Oh, not, not, and and, and Air, Air, um, Air Force Jets. Top Gun. Top Gun. Was the only movie that beat it. Just beat it as the number one movie in the world, That's would you believe? Wild. So it was that third, is remarkable. third biggest film of the year was Platoon. Again, another massive yeah. movie, Oliver Stone movie. Uh, it took 
177 million in the US alone. This is wow. 1986 money. Yep. And 353 million worldwide. So massive hit. It was also nominated for an Oscar. Didn't win anything. Best though. original screenplay written for the screen. Best screenplay. So Paul Hogan, because uh, you see in the credits, it was Paul Hogan, Kevin Shady, and John Cornell. Co yes. co-wrote the script. Right, John Cornell was like his strop. Off, yeah, he, he, he yeah. was his. He helped perform World Series offsider cricket. in. Yeah, in he was his in business all his partner, comedy stuff. Business yeah. partner, but he was more a business partner, oh, very okay, savvy right. business partner. Gotcha. But he also was strop on the Paul Hogan show. You know the strop with the not across it. Where, oh, really? How <laughs> his strop is with a Terry Telling hat? No, he had like a lifesaver hat on. Okay. Yeah. I'll say with the hat. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, they lost, they didn't win that. The, the best original screenplay that year was won by Woody Allen for Hannah and her sisters. Oh. Uh, it also won the 1987 Golden Globe Award. Best performance by an actor in a motion picture, comedy or musical, Paul Hogan. Huge. Won a Golden Globe. Man. Can you believe it? This is your last exit before the freeway. We're going to dive right into the deep end here with Crocodile Dundee. And if you haven't seen it, you can catch it on Fetch. Along with thousands of other movies, uh, streaming TV, live TV, uh, catch-up TV apps, streaming apps, everything you want is on Fetch. And you can buy Fetch at JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, the good guys, Bingley Domain. And you can get it from major internet providers like Optus Smart Spaces, Aussie Broadband and Telstra. And what you get with Fetch is either the Fetch Mighty or the Mini. The Mighty is a box that has a hard drive in it. So if you love recording content, you can record your free-to-air shows. You can record live stream shows on the um, on the extra channels they have. And the best thing about the recording of shows is the the way it's organized and categorized. I've always felt this from the first time I used Fetch that you could set a show like the, the news at night. You can set that to record. And the smart thing about this is you can say, just keep one. So you don't, you don't keep 600 versions of the news on your box you have to delete. It just overwrites the news every night. Or you can keep everything and they're listed by season, easy to find. A great way to watch content, whether it's movies, TV shows, streaming, you name it, is Fetch. And you can find out all the details at fetchtv.com.au. All righty. Now you've seen it mm. recently, so you remember yes. it. <laughs> it was actually on TV this week, would you believe? What? It was on Channel 9 this week. Yeah, I had a word. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're doing. We should have run Why an ad. Why did you do that every week? We should have run an ad yeah. for the for the there podcast. There you go. Jeez, you got, I thought you had some pull at nine, man. No, what do you? I definitely don't. All right, so you've seen it. Yep. What are your impressions after this first proper watch? I, I think what I enjoyed about this was it is just a laid back fun show. the The plot is you know ridiculous in many ways, yeah. but also very engaging in the same way. It's this weird kind of juxtaposition of this kind of plot that you can see through but still totally enjoy. Absolutely. Um, and, it, well, here's the most fascinating thing to me, and we'll get this in the rundown. I I, I was blown away by how short it was yeah. and how quickly it ended. Yes, it was mm. – uh, it's an hour. I think it's an hour 30. Hour 38 yeah, or something like that short. with, with I knew, credits. I knew yeah. you'd like that. Um, it was and, – and I look at this movie, it's like two movies. There's two, there's, there's two there's distinct the halves to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Crocodile Dundee is actually the opposite. The first bit's in New York and the last bit's in Australia. You, you haven't mean? seen the sequel, have you? Crocodile Dundee 2. 2, yeah, ah, okay, is the right. opposite. So uh, this was like a movie in two halves. It was like a footy game. Half time, we're in a switch sides. The, the last thing I'd say is it didn't make me um, cr uh, cringe. I was worried yeah. that I was going to look at this and go, oh my God, how embarrassing yeah, is this? There was a couple of things, and we'll talk you about gotta, this in the run through. You've got yeah. to watch it for its time. Yes. There's a couple no, man, of things that, was... that I thought, eh, okay, would you say that today? 
Oh, yeah, and that's yeah. where I went. I don't care. Let's talk. Let's talk about that <laughs> later. What's your tweet? My tweet on this one is: If you've been living under a rock like me, <laughs> or you're young and you haven't seen classic Aussie movies, Crocodile Dundee is not just full of lines, but it's a great watch. Yeah, so I agree. It's a lot of good lines. I yeah, put, I'm worried I about put, your. I haven't looked at your rundown well, yet, but I'm run, worried. The rundown's got most of the good lines, but there's a few others that stick out for me. Okay. Right. Now I saw this at the movies. Shock. Everyone did. Everyone saw this at the movies. Right. Judging by the box office, and it yeah. made Australia. This was the movie that made Australia the flavour of the month in the US. Right. Right. So you just think of the timing here. It's late, mid to late eighties. Yep. Uh, I remember when I went to the US for the very first time. In 1988, where Crocodile Dundee was still in the air. You're walking around again. Still, Go, mate, still basking no, in the glow. <laughs> mate, if you had an Aussie accent, yeah. you were like George Clooney. That, and the, that didn't waver a lot, though. Yeah. It, it's, it was still a thing in yeah. the. Uh, I went to the US in the early 90s, like 94. Yeah. And I remember the reaction to the accent yeah. it was just overwhelming, you know? Mate. Doesn't Back quite happen anymore. In the eighties, it was like you'd get a double take. Double take. Are you from Australia? Are you from Australia? Yeah. Okay. Hey, g'day. How you going? So good. <laughs> that was amazing. Okay, let's take a look at the casting call. And of course, Paul Hogan plays Mick Dundee, and he returns in Crocodile Dundee Two, which is oh, a fair movie. Fair. Not fair. Probably not as good as the first, but not a not a bad second movie. Okay. He was also seen now. You got to remember now, he was offered everything. Paul Hogan was the like he's in the second biggest grossing movie in the world right. in 1986. They were offering him everything, so he made Flipper. Oh wow! He made Almost an Angel, which I think he co-wrote. Uh, Charlie in Boots, which I actually interviewed him when uh, the they were doing the press junket. I was still working at the telly. It was uh, I interviewed him uh, for that movie, uh, and it, that was an Aussie-made film. Not not a bad show. But it was the but who's the bloke out of Kenny? What's his name? That guy, Shane Jacobson. Shane Jacobson. I interviewed both of them together. Right. I've got a photo with both of them too. Um, so that was pretty cool meeting him. Linda Kozlowski makes her film debut. Yeah, when in it fact, came up on screen, yeah. it said and introducing. Yeah, well, it's actually introducing Paul Hogan too because he'd never yeah, made a movie funny, either. So yeah. both making their first movies. She plays Sue Charlton, and she was naturally in Crocodile Dundee too as well. She co-starred again with him in Almost an Angel. She was in another movie called Village of the Damned. She, she sort of gave up. I'll, I'll talk, I'll talk later about how they their relationship they yes. had after the movie. I'll talk later about that. Yep. But John Malian played Wall. Yep. And uh, he, he was in Crocodile Dundee 2. He was in Walkabout. The original Walkabout was in the 1970 that was made. Great movie. Really good movie about this this British girl, brother and sister. And they're with David Goldpilil, the bloke who plays Nev. Yeah, he's in. He's in, yep. he's in that one. Um, <laughs> he was in that. He was in Waking Fright. He died in 1989. Yeah. Uh, our uh, our wall. Mark Bloom played Richard Mason, who's the guy um, Sue Charlton's fiance. Not you know, a the, fan. The but where have I seen him before? He was in a movie called Desperately Seeking Susan with Madonna. Madonna oh, wow. was in that movie. Yeah. He was also in The Sopranos. Oh, maybe I saw him there. Yeah, yeah. but get this: he died in what? the middle of COVID. Due to complications with with COVID, oh, wow. in March March the twenty fifth two thousand, he died. Wow. Yeah, because of COVID complications. Mm. All righty, before we get to the run through, let's talk about our other great sponsor, and that is High Sense. And I've had a chance to have a look at their Mini LED XTV. I've got to say, out of the box, great audio, great video quality, without the addition of any other soundbars or any other gear. Now we saw there's a seventy five inch and eighty five inch version available. 
And it contains, of course, the Mini LED X technology, which really takes that picture quality to a new level. There's more than 20,000 Mini LED lights, which gives the TV a peak brightness of up to 2,500 nits. That's on the 85-inch model and up to 1,500 nits on the 75-inch. Now, these tiny lights four more than 5,000 full array local dimming zones. So you get the bright whites, dark blacks, and everything else in between. The result is incredible detail. So you can see all the minute, the furs on animal, leaves of trees, and all these these great textures. Uh, so the other the other benefit though with, with TV is it does have, apart from it having the mini LED X and the great backlight, it also has the high view engine X. And this is powered by AI. So what this does, it acts like the human brain and optimizes the picture and the audio based on the scenes, but also based on your viewing environment. So uh, the foundation, though, of the TV is also Hisense's quantum dot technology, which is what was responsible for coming up with the brilliant natural colors and that, that the right skin tones and all those other hues you see on the TV. So all these things there add up to a great experience. It's also got HDR10+, Plus adaptive, and Dolby Vision IQ. But let's talk about the audio side. The audio side, and this is out of the box, Cinestage X 4.1.2 produces a sort of sound quality, including Dolby Atmos, DTS HD, the sort of sound quality you'd need that would require a sound bar to produce. This is coming directly out of the TV. And, of course, game mode if you're a gamer, smooth motion rate 200 if you're a sports fan. It all adds up to a great experience no matter what you're watching. The Hisense TV also has, comes with the Vida U7 operating system. Really easy to get to all your favorite apps and find your content in seconds. Check it out for yourself. The Mini LED X, this is Hisense's new Mini LED TV. And if you, you don't take our word for it, check out the quality for yourself or go to the website, hisense.com.au. Alrighty, were you surprised to see that... This what surprised me, and this is that Crocodile Dundee, so Mick Dundee, yep. doesn't appear till eight minutes into the movie. Yeah, he makes so a, there's a he bit makes of a, an entrance, makes an entrance, which yes. I think, but that's a cool thing, right? Yeah. It's, uh you don't need to see the character from the get go. We do start with Sue Charlton, beautiful mm. background. I wonder where she's staying with the view of yeah, the opera house. Is I, that I over reckon on the it's north a building side? that's no longer there. No, I think it's in the toaster row. Ah, um, yeah, it's pretty high up on that yep. right side. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, she's on the phone to someone talking about a, a story she wants to follow up. Sue, don't misunderstand me, please. Sue, I'm not complaining about your work. I have your latest piece right here in front of me, and it's terrific. It's great. It's just that uh, you were due back here yesterday. Yeah, but Richard, there's one more story I just have to do. There's always one more story. No, but would you listen to this? Last month, this guy in the Northern Territory was attacked by a crocodile. The thing bit his leg right off, left him there to die a hundred miles from nowhere. A week later, he crawls out of the bush, gets patched up, and disappears. No interviews, no Nothing. So? I tracked him down. He runs a safari business out of somewhere called Walkabout Creek. And his name, get this, Michael J. Crocodile Dundee. So even if this thing is for real, it could take you weeks to nail him down. Will you trust me? I already made arrangements to meet him. I got a chopper meeting the plane at Darwin. I'll be there tonight. I didn't feel, this is a really, let me give some real critical feedback. Yeah. I didn't feel that was a great performance by her. Yeah. Like it felt. You mean the pitch of the story or the whole thing? Her, her acting. Yeah, right. Okay. Do you know, like, 
Like, like the other part of the other part of this scene is yeah. the heady days of newspaper journalism when you can just fly to another yeah. side of the world and just <laughs> get scamper yeah. around trying to find stories. But yeah, yeah I just right. honestly it didn't yeah. feel like okay. she was a great actress right. at that point. Okay. I liked at the end of this so she he goes, Oh, take care of yourself and then she says don't worry, I'm a New Yorker. So she, yeah, which is sort of like all, a badge all, of honor. All the there. information that is presented there. So Mick Dundee, little exposition. What happened? She's from New York, and so sets it up. Yeah, she arrives in Walkabout Creek. Is greeted by Wall. He's always very funny in this. I love all these little lines. Everything. He's sort of uh, uh, he the way that he meets her. They, it becomes obvious they've made a deal. He says, "Look, we still got the uh, our deal. Two thousand five hundred. Yeah, you're going to pay." So uh, he's thinking. She goes, "Yeah, but I want to see where he's attacked. I want to see all this." And he goes, "Yep, yeah, no problem." Um, then in the pub that night, she watches the patrons trying to get Donk to spill his beer. You know, they try yeah, to punch him on his head. Yeah. Quite funny. And then while I love while he he always kind of embellishes the story a little bit. He sort of every time he tells the story, he sort of adds these little elements to it. And uh, I love it when he's describing it to Sue. I mean, any normal man would have just turned up his toes and died. But... Uh, not our Mick. <laughs> no. Hundreds of miles, snake-infested swamps. On his hands and knees, he crawled right into Catherine. Straight past the hospital and into the first pub for a beer. <laughs> that story's getting better every time you tell it, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good because all in this whole scene in the bar, you 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 hear him telling this story. You hear her telling the story to her editor. Then you hear Wall, and you're thinking, I don't remember even if you'd seen clips of this or the trailer. I don't remember Paul Hogan missing a leg. Yeah, Yeah, missing a leg. So you're immediately thinking, hang on a minute. And then the the bar the barmaid just basically confirms that old Wall's got a fair story to tell. Colors the story. Yeah. But then he's Mick Dundee's entrance is pretty cool. Remember the knife hits the bar and he wrestles in this crocodile, which you you assume is a real crocodile. He's wrestling this crocodile, um, and he ends up sidling over and introducing introducing himself. Michael J. Crocodile Dundee. Never, never safaris. Yes. Um, never go out with us. If you do, you'll never come back. Right, well. <laughs> Sue Charlton Newsday. Yeah, I thought you might be. So he just grabs her and goes for a goes, dance. Yeah, go let me dance with this this young lady. And yeah. uh, the the tourist shooters are there. So there's these guys that are they're from the city and they're they're here to shoot ruse or something. And while he's dan- while they're dancing, they're giving him they're giving him a bit of lip. He's a bloke that was grabbed by a croc on the Rapid River. <laughs> What's he doing up there? It's full of crocs. What do you reckon he was doing? <laughs> just a bloody poacher, eh? <laughs> Listen, you do understand I want you to take me out where you were attacked. <clears throat> Show me how you survived. Oh, well, I don't know. Just the two of us out there alone, I've got my reputation to think about. <laughs> hey, Dundee, where can a man shoot a few crocs around here, eh? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, how would I know? Shit for brains. <laughs> It's like the biggest insult in the world, but it's actually not. Like these days, that's really not much, but it's a great line that but, Americans wouldn't have heard. 
No. There's no way no. an American heard the term <laughs> shit for brains before Crocodile Dundee, which is awesome. But the other thing that I love about that scene is you start they start to just slowly expose the concept of poaching, Yeah, um, that it's illegal to essentially yep. hunt crocodiles using guns and things, things that just get – they're not actually critical to the story at no. all, but they're little bits that you get through their their walkabout yeah. tour. But then, uh, as he's dancing, Mitch Mick actually punches him after being accused of being a croc poacher. Memories he's got Sue, and he sort of swings around and left hooks the guy. Hmm. And uh, then Mick had decides to have a go making Donk spill his beer, and he tries <laughs> a, an interesting approach. Instead of punching him, he kisses him, and he spills, he his, spills beer. his beer. Yeah. But then they calm him down and they give him another beer. Uh, then they set off on the journey, and this is like this part of the movie. I call it the postcard of Kakadu. It's like a real yeah, postcard. Yeah. The whole movie is a postcard. I thought really. uh, here's the thing. I thought it was really well shot. Yeah, um, the cinematography in this wall, mate. You aim your camera anywhere out there; it's got to look good. Yeah, yeah. but even but even so, and, and we'll, we'll get to it in a bit. But there's scenes where. You know, even they buy water, and they, the way they bring the camera down off a jib, clearly there's a tree yeah. in the, in in the foreground, yep. the, the 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 kind of um, brick, sorry, uh, rock wall in yeah. the in the background. It's just beautifully oh, it's shot. It's, it's, yeah. it's not just you know haphazard. Yeah. It's, it's very look, well and, done, and it's no. Uh, that's part of the reason why it was so successful in the US. I think a lot a lot of Americans is just fascinated with Australia, mm. and this gave them a look at the Australia they didn't know. I know a lot of a lot of Americans at the time had very little idea of what Australia was like. And and when that came out, it actually probably made their impression worse because they thought well, that the whole of Australia was like, that's right. like we, an outback we, town. We still get it today. Yeah. It's like yeah, snakes like kangaroos and spiders. I'm not coming, I'm not coming yeah. for that. Yeah, but no, but they, everyone thinks you got to pet think kangaroo. They think Creek is yeah, that's, that's an Aussie town. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was interesting. Um, and we sort of, we find out, she asks how old he is and he says, oh, I don't know. I, mm. I remember I was born in the summertime. He says he was raised by tribal elders and... Um, she also asks if he's in a relationship. And is there a Mrs. Crocodile Dundee? Oh, I was sort of married once. Nice girl, good cook. Big. <laughs> anyway, I went off on walkabout. When I came back, she'd gone. A walkabout? Uh, that's an Aboriginal habit. It means to uh, wander around and uh, discover new places. How long were you gone? A couple of months. Try 18. <laughs> and she didn't wait. <laughs> Strange girl. Yeah. <laughs> so they He's not aware of the term sarcasm, but that's no. okay. Good on you, champ. But they cross over a lake or something, and Mick and Mick and Sue head off. But I By love the way, this the bit. lake scene yeah. is, is some of the... You're in the boat. Yeah. In the little boat, because it's well shot. Because yeah. he's pointing at a crocodile and all this, but actually, Remember she had a hand in the water and she, and she, she but, pointed the crocodile. But like, actually, it was so well shot, you you could have imagined it was all you know multi cam shot. But you know, clearly, it was just shot in safe waters and all that kind of stuff. But I thought again, that was just a really well shot oh, scene. It looked beautiful, mate. The whole thing looks beautiful. Uh, I do love this bit where they get off the boat and Mick sneaks a look at Wall's watch, hmm. and then he, <laughs> yeah. he goes off. He goes, oh, 2.20, we better go. And then she goes, oh, 2.20. And she goes over to Wall, and Wall covers his watch <laughs> yeah. while he's standing there so that she doesn't get an instant glitch. Yeah, he goes, oh, he's you know, one of the finest bushmen. Yeah, you're in good hands. And, uh, he's, a bus- he's the business partner here. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well done. So they uh, they arrive, uh, so, they, so they head off, and they arrive soon after at the spot where he was attacked. They can see where he sunk his teeth in. My God. How big was it? Oh, 16, 18 a foot, maybe. 
And you were out here hunting crocodiles in that? Nah, that's illegal. I was just fishing. How did you get away? Oh, I said, crocs don't like fresh meat. He wasn't trying to eat me on the spot. He just wanted to grab a hold of me and take me down for a death roll. A death roll? Yeah. Yeah, see, a croc will grab you, take you down to the bottom of the water, and roll you over and over and over until you stop kicking. And he'll take you away to his meat safe somewhere. Rock ledge, log, down under the water, jam you under it, tenderise you a bit, good eating. Yeah, anyway, he wasn't happy with the grip he had on me, so he let go to get a better one, and I talked him out of it. <laughs> That was a good bit of acting for me, I reckon. I really like that, how no, he delivered that. Because the, yeah. some. It, this is a bit like watching Jerry Seinfeld in the early seasons <laughs> and the late seasons. There's, yeah. a, there's a progression of him as an actor yeah. in that in Seinfeld. And I think Paul Hogan is clearly a great um, performer. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's some scenes where you go, that that was ad-libbed but still perfect because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's the character. And then bits like that where he had to he had to produce there. Yeah. That was good. That was really good. No, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, so they she they set up camp. Remember, they go to the place where after his attack, where where we set up camp. Yep. They get set. Mick asks if Sue's married. She she says she used to be, and then she quizzes him about. She starts saying, "Look, what do you think about world affairs? What do what do you think this about the a, arms I love race?" This. And then he and she says, "But surely you got a voice." He goes, "Who's going to hear me out here?" And then she says, "He goes, what about something closer to home?" The Aborigines. What do you think about their claims to get the land back? Uh, well, you see, Aborigines don't own the land. They belong to it. It's like their mother. See those rocks sticking up there? Been standing up there for 600 million years. Still be there when you and I are gone. So arguing over who owns them. Like, all right, two fleas arguing over who owns the dog they live on. You see, uh, uh, Aborigines, well, like all God's creatures, they just want the right to roam across the earth and be left in peace. <laughs> he grabs and kills the snake. So it's, there's two interesting things. So first yeah. he just grabs the snake. Because yeah. you're meant to believe from all the wall stories that this yeah. is all a bit of a show, but you're you're given examples like the snake and early where he gets the buffalo yeah. and, and yes. makes it fall on the ground. Yep. There's clearly some talent that this guy has yeah. as a bushman, right? Good so there's this balance think, there. Did I skip over that before? The yeah. the the, uh, the buffalo? Yeah, that's right. And um he yeah and, and that th- this introduces a whole thing about whether is he telepathic? Does he have some skill? Does he or have, is he have a connection? Connection with the, with and, an animal? But see this whole bit of the movie so you could argue is actually overdone like it's extended in a way. But it's perfectly placed because it allows you to explore these things. Like, who would have thought you'd be talking about native title in mm. a Hollywood movie, right? Yeah. But and I actually, how would that stand up today? You think? Mate, like, this was in the mid eighties. Remember, it was like Marbo and all the land that's claims. Right. So today, how do you reckon that would have that, like the they would respond to how how he classified that? Yeah, let's not get I too political. A but lot, I, a I lot think it would be fascinating. A lot of wouldn't agree with what he said. I think here's what I think. I think the modern younger generation of uh, First Nations people would argue mm. it's an outrageously oversimplification of the problem. Yeah, maybe. But I think the older generation would say that's spot, exactly spot yeah. what we want. We Absolutely. just want acknowledgement of our our presence here as the yeah. First Nations. Definitely. Yeah, I, but I thought it was really well explored yeah. for, for the first yeah. time. Yeah, I've got no doubt it would have 
there'd be six extra staff on this movie, um, <laughs> you know, cultural sensitivity agencies and all this kind of stuff. It would be very difficult to do. And to yeah. see, norm, I think today they'd just say, "Listen, let's just leave all that out. Leave that let's alone. not let's not yeah. touch it. Yeah. Let's not create a drama." And she even used the word Aborigines. Yeah, well, who says that nowadays? Well, that's well, I yeah. just said First Nations, didn't yeah. I? Because I didn't want to get yeah. in trouble. But Indigenous, you know, yeah. we grew up. You know, yeah, I know, yeah, that's the way it was. So, I th- mate, I think it's unbelievably well done for its time. Yeah, uh, I think he was trying to make a point. Um, so yeah, she goes to sleep, wakes up to gunfire. Mm. And it's the poachers shooting the ruse. Remember the poachers from the Walkabout Creek Park? This is legit one of the coolest things because when Mick then leaves Sue and you know says, stay here, thinking, where are you going, mate? What are you going to do? Mm. <laughs> no, but and then, then he, but he says that he goes, oh, they're shooting ruse. He goes, oh, you can't stop. He goes, well, that's legal. Yeah. Nothing that, that, that they're that's doing, right. what they're doing is legal. <laughs> and then he, remember she says, well, and then he sort of has a moment. He goes, yeah, okay, keep your head down. And he decides to take action. He decides to take action and grab a dead ruse, stand behind it with a gun <laughs> and make them think, because they'd be goes, on the Terps too, right? He goes, shine the light on the bushes. He goes, look at this cheeky bugger. <laughs> and he just starts <laughs> shooting at him. It's a kangaroo shooting oh, at him. My awesome. favourite part about that is, and it's not written in the script and it's not said, but he, yeah. what he gave them was a great story yeah. that they could never the tell ru- anyone. The ruse shot us. Because and at the end he goes, thanks a lot, Skibby. <laughs> yeah, but the thing, thing is they can never tell that story. No, of course not. You can't tell yeah. that story at the no. Walkabout Creek Hotel. No. They just call you lunatics. Exactly right. A, a rue shot. <laughs> so good. It was really funny. Uh, okay, so uh, the next morning, I love this bit, he's pretending to shave. She sees it though, don't you reckon? Uh, I don't know. He's pretty good. Like I looked at it, like there was she was sort of approaching, she had her head down and he saw her switch the shaver out, although he had the shaver just in his belt. So yes. She's thinking, well, she what are you doing, She saw it mate? for sure. And he's using the machete. Then she turns around again and he switches, he sort of starts again. Um, but then she's, uh, the next thing we hear her, she's sort of talking to herself, and, but she's actually dictating her thoughts into a tape recorder yeah. uh, about the, the thoughts, or the feeling that she's out here, what she'd love feeling so alone. There's a sort of strange emptiness about it. The feeling of being so alone. Yeah, but you're not alone. I'm here, aren't I? Yeah, but I think I know how you must have felt. Or how I'd feel if I were out here alone. You? Out here alone? Oh, that's a joke. City girl like you? You wouldn't last five minutes, love. This is man's country out here. That's right, I'm only a Sheila. <sighs> Let's take a moment here. Mm. How would that have gone down today? Not well. That would have been that wouldn't have been in the script today but if again, that was written today. The thing about it is. There's two parts to that. It's of yeah. its time and, yeah. mate, I don't want to break it to you, the country yeah. is different to the city. Yeah, true. Mate, true. when I go yeah. visit people in the country, yeah. even blood relatives yeah. of mine, yeah. I'm not shocked but still surprised yeah. that, that the ways of today are not fully caught up in the country. Okay. Let's be right. real. Okay. Like that kind of so stuff. So they live a different lifestyle. They do. It's a different lifestyle to and us. Yeah. think about the Northern Territory in yeah. the literal outback and a bloke at Walkabout Creek who's never been anywhere else, yeah. he'd still hold those who stay. Yeah, I, I agree. But he's uh, – but no, you think – I think, look, male or female, if you're a city person in a place as dangerous as that, you know you'd what, that, struggle. You've nailed it. That's what yeah. they do. If there, yeah. if this was being made today yeah. and not, not, not in a remake sense, yeah. they would simply say, listen, let's just call her a city a, a person. person like you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he calls her a city like girl. You. He calls yeah. her a city girl. City folk like you would yeah. never survive out here. That's all you need to do. And then she she brings up, remember she he mentions earlier that she's a Sheila? 
And and he goes, oh, that's right, I'm a she lover. Yeah, yeah. And we learn an Aussie slang term. Uh, she wants to, but but at, at this point, she sort of gets the shit to She's like, righty mate. She goes, righto, let's go. You don't go. think I can do it? Yeah. Fine. See you up here. We're going over there, are and we? And then she goes, oh, here, if you get in trouble, fire a couple of shots. And yeah. she goes, oh, that's the dangerous end. And she just shoots right near his foot. Yeah. So she's had experience with it, the gun. Yes. Yeah, well, she's from she lives America. In New York, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But then, so she storms off. And Mick is obviously keeps track of her, and and she he's yeah following he's her. following her, and uh, she stops near a waterhole. Wow! And um, yeah, this, I think it's like thirty. I know the time code for this part. Okay, of the what movie. is it? I'm just gonna yeah. just gonna check. I think this it's scene. thirty minutes thirty five. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm um, I could be guessing. I think it's thirty eleven by my count. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's in the thirty minute. 30th minute. Yeah. Yep, there it is. Um, yeah. 30.07. There you have it. Yeah, so 30.07. She, uh, she's sort of just, disrobing and uh, going for a little swing. Why are you talking? The little, um, her G-string bikini makes an appearance, which uh, mm. I love it how Mick is sort of there. Think, Mick sort of found the comfortable spot and he's going, Wee, you know, he's thinking, hey, uh, well, let's have a look at this. I mean, yeah. I've got one comment about the bikini. She's later in the, the movie. Yeah. She's wearing like another swimsuit. It's from like a gym. Yeah. Like NYC City Gym. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how many swimsuits do you bring <laughs> when you're visiting Australia? I don't know. Like, yeah. it's a wild yeah, thing. pretty good. Pretty anyway, good. moving on. I need to get off that now. But, uh, yeah, as, but luckily Mick was there because she's trying to fill her water bottle and is attacked by a croc. Yeah. And Mick just comes to the rescue, happens to be there, dives on it, kills it, and uh, he's got her in her arms saying, it's okay, it's over, it's over. Yeah. And um, later that night, Mick says, you know, she says, "You, Mick, you were right, you know, um, you know, you I, I wouldn't have survived that, and and then he says, yeah, I don't know. Mick, you know, he says, look, Wild tells me cities are pretty dangerous places too. You know, so yeah. I think he sort of he, he's he wins back sort of a little bit of credibility there. He's not trying to play down to her. He's, yes, he's not trying to rub it in that he's yeah. saved or anything like that. No, no. And then he's uh, I love it when he goes, oh, you know, how's that scratch? He goes, oh, that, that could turn septic out here. Let me have a look. And she sort of bends over in front of you. <laughs> Let me just take a look at that. But then Scratches he hears, right on a yeah. right cheek. Then he's and hears not on something. a face. Yeah, he hears something, and then he sort of. Walks off and she goes, "What the hell is happening now?" Yeah. And then you see this this face appear, and it's Nev. Nev. <laughs> and then then you see the the knife come under his throat. Oh, Mick, you frightened shit out of me. <laughs> oh, I ought to, mate. Sneaking up on a man when he's rendering first aid to a lady. <laughs> uh, is that what you were doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is a great few lines. Oh, it's all right. It's a mate of mine, Neville Bell, Sue Charlton. Good day, Sue. And what are you doing wandering around out here in the scrub, Nev? I'm on my way to Crabbery over at the Gabba. It's bloody drag. But still, my dad get angry if I don't show up. So Nev's a real city boy, but his dad's a tribal elder. Oh, no, you can't take my photograph. I'm sorry. You believe it'll take so your good. spirit away. No, you got a lens cap on. <laughs> that could have been the one of the lines. I, it could, I, I, mean, to, I, I expected it would in. be. I really had to did. keep that in. That's awesome. Um, so he, he heads off. Mick goes to join him. And then Sue goes, oh, can I come again? What do you mean? Because women are strictly forbidden from these, mm. these shindigs. But she takes her camera to watch him. And this was a bit that, again, you're thinking, this guy's got a power. Because she's got the lens on him and he sort of looks at her and notices that, well, she's obviously far away with the long lens. 
And he turns, he looks right at her and she has a scare. Yeah, but I've played enough Call of Duty to know that you get reflections and things off, uh, <laughs> off, off a lens. So you're a, fi- a sniper, you're reflection a of a fire on a lens you might reckon? have shown up. But in the dark, it's completely dark. There's a fire How going. Can the There's reflection... a fire burning. No, but she's like, she'd be like 200 it meters It wasn't away. a long lens. She was a long way away. Mate, he's not telepathic. He just happened to notice her. Well, it's funny because when, she, when he gets back, that's exactly what he asks her. She asks him. How did you know? Are you telepathic? Nah. Common sense. You're a woman. You're a reporter. That makes you the biggest busybody in the world. That's now, it. the movie... That line probably wouldn't make it either. No, the, the movie, uh, the original version of this, yeah. he said you're the biggest, it makes you the biggest sticky beak in the world. Right. They changed that. To what is it now? Busybody. Why? You go because sticky beak is an Aussie term. Oh right. So for American audiences, a busybody there is, is something there is a very clear sense of voiceover in this movie. Yeah. No, no, you, that was one of them. a lot of movies are voiced that in, was one of in, them. In, in post. Yeah. But there was a bit earlier in the movie where they're walking through the bush and it's like, mate, you're not that's not even there. I could just you could hear it. Mm. Uh, I guess that's just the way movies are. Yeah. So uh, Mick explains how he thought uh, he was going to die. Remember, he said, yeah. "Oh, you know what?" So he, she said, "How did you survive out here?" And he goes, "You know what? I'm, I'm thinking." He said, oh, "I read the Bible once," and he goes, "You know all those apostles?" He goes, "They were fishermen like me." He goes, "God and me were mates." Yeah, and that was that was a funny little spot. Um, but then they arrive at Echo Lake, and how nice is this? Beautiful. Really beautiful spot. Yeah, and this is sort of where they, I think, they sort of they they, they sort of bond here a, little a bit. lot. And um, and he says, look, I'll get some tucker. And she goes, what does that mean? Food. And then he's preparing the goanna. How do you like your goanna? Medium? Well done? You don't really expect me to eat that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, try some of those yams. Try the grubs this and the sugar good. ants. Just bite the end off. They're really sweet. Black fellas love them. What about you? Aren't you having any? Me? Oh, well, you can live on it. But it tastes like shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God That's cool. Uh. That's cool. And, and this is the sort of part of the movie where I think they have a little smooch and then she says uh, she has an idea. Nick, when I go back, why don't you come with me? What for? Well, make a great rap to the story. You in New York City? Oh. For a minute there, I thought you were making a pass at me. Well, I might have been. Would you mind? Now, how did you interpret that? She said, I thought you were making a pass. He said, I thought you were making a pass. I mean, she goes, I might have been. And then she I interpreted says, that as an open says, door invitation. Yeah, no, but then she says, would you mind? Would you mind me making a pass to you or yeah, would listen. you mind coming back to New York or both? No, it was all about the uh, the pass. You reckon? Yeah, I think she was. There was something Mate, that was there. a green light. That's when they shared if a kiss. I've ever seen one. They have yes. a kiss, and Wall interrupts. Smooch, and Wall goes, "Cooey, <laughs> bloody Wally!" And he says, "Oh, he's been here a hundred times. Still got lost." Yeah. <laughs> and she so does. anyway, off we go to New York, and they flew Qantas. Of course, you see Qantas. Uh, yes, the seven four seven four seven. Yeah. Yep. You know what? Uh, Good shots. You know, was that a good airplane moment? Do you want me to you, get the, yeah, it was great. Uh, Do you want me to get the red of the plane? Um, you know see the where it is right now. I can probably find out. <laughs> is, is it still in existence? Yeah, well, it might be scrapped. Might be scrapped. Yeah, I think it's in the desert somewhere. Yeah, I don't mate. think it's. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's any more. It's in the uh, desert. They're making keychains. They're making keychains out of it now. Yeah. All right. They. Uh, he's, she's. Uh, Sue's greeted at the airport by her editor boyfriend, uh, Richard, mm. and Mick. 
uh, as they're driving they got in separa- the city. They got separated. Remember, and he comes down the escalator. And he's sort of a bit tentative coming down the escalator. So funny. And then he's uh, he's he's taken in New York, and they explain there's seven million people. He goes, oh wow, they must like each other. They're all living together. <laughs> And I love when he stops at the lights. Remember the lights? He, he goes, uh, was there the window talk show, Blake? Big Dundee, Big Dundee from, from Australia. Australia. <laughs> and, and, and that guy, right, this yeah. is that guy that he talks to um, was in the Warriors. Oh, Jesus. He was in the Warriors. Anyone who knows the Warriors, Just great avoid movie the that movie Trevor hated. He was, the, he was the head of the orphans. Okay. Yeah. He was the one who wanted them to take their colours off. Yeah, and I'm walk glad through. he didn't have a bigger part in this but, movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he, uh, then they, he drives off. They get to the hotel. They arrive at the Plaza Hotel Central Park. Do you know where this hotel is? Yeah. Right opposite the Apple Store. That's it. So if you looked r- directly at the front door of this, you're looking at the glass cube of the Apple Store. Not in 86. Uh, was it called something? No, no, not then, but I mean today. You go to the hotel, <laughs> yeah, it's right where the Apple future Apple Store would yes, be. Yes, that's right. Um, and he then starts chatting to, to the, the driver. driver. Thanks for the lift, mate. No problem. A tribe of you, Gus. Tribe? And I ain't from no tribe. You're a black fella, aren't you? Last time I looked. Well, no one in our tribe's got a flash car like this. You must be doing all right, eh? <laughs> it's a great thing because it, it starts a nice little bond that, that continues yeah, through and, the movie. And, and, and again, this is you're, you're right. He sort of uh, he old bonds with the driver, and so all the all the people like the staff that a New Yorker probably wouldn't give him a time yep. of day. Mm. Mick's talking to him, wanting to know more about them. Maybe yeah. he's looking under the hood of the car and sort of explaining yeah. stuff. But just that line he used, how would that go down today? What, how are you a black fellow, aren't, aren't you? Wouldn't go well. So, again, it's, is, it showing, is it showing its age a bit in that yeah. little yeah. part there? He'd be decked. Did you recognise the Gus? Did you recognise I've Gus? seen him before, for sure. Die Hard. Ah, uh, he's the he was the, the policeman, copper, the yeah. policeman diehard. Yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. Remember that? Yeah. When, when they drop the he, Bruce Willis drops the body on his car. Yep, very good. Jesus H Christ! I, I yeah. like that when they go into the hotel. I expected a, a different moment when they got in the lift because uh, obviously mixed he was been in the lift, right? He was smoking. He was the lift, nervous. By the way, too. Yeah, also smokes anyway. Illegal. Yeah. Um, gets in the lift. I expected as he walked out, he'd be like, "How did that happen? <laughs> where, where are we, we now? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But they go into the hotel room and he's like blown away by how big this is. He goes, like, how, how many, many people are staying here? How many people are here? But my favourite all-time moment in the hotel room is she, he's, she points out the TV so you can watch TV. He goes, oh, I've seen one of these. And then he turns it on <laughs> and <laughs> I Love Lucy titles comes on. And he goes, yep, I've seen this. So, and yeah, turns it off. Like it was before. <laughs> turns it off assuming – so in his mind, yeah. that's all that's, that's all on TV. TV. Yeah. So he's seen TV once. He goes, yeah, I saw it a while back. He goes, yep, yeah, hasn't changed. Turns it on again <laughs> and it's the same thing. That, that, that is. That it's a really brilliant. great. I think. Yeah. I think you've got to pick up that though. Like, yeah. you, you've got to pick up that he oh, thinks massive. there's nothing else on TV. Yeah. Brilliant. Really. But well then done. he calls Sue in the room. Remember, he goes, "Hey Sue, yeah. some nitwits put two dummies in here." <laughs> and she doesn't want to explain it to <laughs> she him. She goes, "One's a toilet, one's a bidet." He goes, "Bidet." And he goes, "Look, you work it out." I love how then he sings out, "Oh, it's for washing your bum." Remember, when he, he sings out down there. It's like a Seinfeld <laughs> yelling out the apartment window. <laughs> Oh, funny. Then he decides he's going to go exploring the streets of New York. Yeah. And uh, he just, he's blown away. He really, by how you many really get a sense of the hustle and bustle of it. But did you see him? He goes, G'day. 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 And then he gets overwhelmed by how many people there are and how crowded it is. Yeah. And then he, he climbs up that, that, I think, is Fifth Avenue that he was walking down. Right. 
And that sign, I think they put it there for the movie. It doesn't. I don't think it existed. You've, you've I, checked. I've tried you? to find it. Yeah, it's not there. Yeah, yeah. And um, they he climbs up on the sign. And remember, the mounted policeman comes along. He sees him and goes, "What's going on here?" Yeah. And you think he's going to get arrested yeah. or something. But the next shot is the mounted policeman clock. You know, not clip galloping, clip clopping into the, the Plaza Port Cachere yeah. um, with gives him on his, his back. knife back. Yeah. Like, man, how would how would that go down? You're carrying a dead set foot long knife in your right in your, to bear arms, mate. Like, <laughs> is that legal though to carry a concealed sure. weapon like that? I'm really not sure. But he must have. Hey, he charmed him. He said, "Oh, get exactly. okay, see you, Mick." He knew his name. And, and I everything. think I think that's what you're meant to think. So your yeah. original your initial thought is he's going to get locked up here because yeah. he's being an idiot. And then as he gets brought into the hotel, you realise he's just charmed his socks off Absolutely, as he has with yeah. everyone else. Yeah. And then when he walks past Irving, remember the doorman, he goes, mm. "G'day," and he goes. Hello. He sort of tries to say hello. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't quite. Yes, it's he goes, awkwardness yes, of, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. well, someone's talked to me. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Now, uh, Richard had earlier said to Sue, look, we're going to have dinner that night. She, she goes, said, make it for three, book yeah. it for three. And he's thinking, great. So uh, Richard's got there early and he's been drinking a little bit. So uh, And Sue picks that up. Yeah, she notices straight away, uh, as does Mick. And he offers to leave, though. He goes, oh, look, we haven't seen each other for six weeks. He goes, look, why don't you two? Because she says, no way, I'm going to leave you by yourself for your first night in New York. So nice of her. Uh, but then Richard starts making some jokes uh, about about the what sort of food he can order. I mean, I don't imagine that they have any kangaroo steak or possum grits. <laughs> oh, don't worry about Mick. <laughs> You can make a gourmet meal out of just about anything, even medium rare goannas. It's great, wasn't it? Eh? And what about the yams? <laughs> oh, yes. They were great. Well, that's. See, Richard seen these wonderful. two bonding. Yeah, over he's thinking, hang on a minute. Yeah. Not only have I got a third like, wheel yeah. at dinner, perhaps <laughs> he'd like to order for all of us. Oh, wait a minute. I'll do that. No, it's, it's all right. I'll have a lash. Italian, eh? Yes. I don't know what you call it, but I'd like to look at that dish up there the big fat shell is eating. He just punches Richard. Richard! <laughs> Can't handle his drink for, fellas. <laughs> And so so Richard, good. Richard was already half half cut anyway, just, right? He just decks yeah, him in the just chair. Cracked, you know, just short right, just cracked <laughs> yeah. him. And Richard was half cut anyway, right? So he sort of slumped in his chair. Yeah. The next thing we see in the cab, Richard's saying, he goes, Sue said, Richard said you hit him. He goes, oh, you're not serious about this lemon, are you? And she says, butt out, Dundee. So not, not a good ending to the dinner. Uh, Richard Sue takes Richard home and Mick decides to go drinking with the cabbie. He goes, yeah. Care to join me? Because Mick's like, I'm on my own here. What do yeah. I go back to a hotel for? And yeah, and he's in the happen. bar charming all the locals with his stories. I love it. He goes, you know, you, oh no, your black widow is pretty good, but the funnel web can kill you just by looking at you. <laughs> they're all laughing. And <laughs> Again, this on. is where the Americans have that yeah. perception of Australia. And they're all saying, oh, come over and talk to the guy from Australia because it was kind of a novelty. Oh, eh? Absolutely. So, have a meeting in Australia was rare. Especially, Especially someone Australia. from, yeah, from a, right. like a country guy. But then uh, he's, uh, he's talking to a young lady named Gwendolyn. What are you drinking, Gwendolyn? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mick. I must be getting on home. Where's, uh, where's home, sweetie? Just around the corner. I have a little place where I live all by my lonesome. Not now. Most of the time, that is. Oh. Must, uh, must get a bit lonely, eh? <laughs> Anchor for a bit of uh, male company. Do I ever. Hey, 
excuse me, Gwendolyn. Don't go away, love. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you all night. That girl, she's a guy. A man dressed up as a girl. So he goes up to the guy. <laughs> this guy grabs her. That was a guy. A guy dressed up like a Sheila. Look at that. Well, you all knew, you pack of bastards. <laughs> You guys all knew you back a bastard. So good. Because he's been stitched up, basically. Yeah. Well, he thought he was doing all right there. Uh, they come out of the bar and the cabbie goes, where did I park the car? He's got to go find the where he put the cab. But then he, he spots a couple of young young ladies there. Either of you uh, ladies attached or married or anything like that? No, we're both single ladies. <laughs> <laughs> they realise he's got no idea. <laughs> This is Carla. I'm Simone. Where are you from, honey? Uh, from Walkabout Creek in the Northern Territory. You probably don't know where that is. Hey, I do. You're the guy I've been reading about in the paper. The crocodile man. I've been reading about him in the paper. He's like a regular Tarzan. Wrestles crocodiles, eats snakes. Is this your first trip to New York? First trip anywhere. Well, hell, we might just have to give you one for free. <laughs> yeah. One what? <laughs> one what? <laughs> but then the pimp comes over, remember? Yeah. And the pimp goes comes over and uh, he goes, "Listen, mate, I'm doing I'm a bit of luck here. Can you can you piss off?" And yeah. then he says, "Are you gonna are you gonna talk to him? Or are you gonna screw one of them?" And in the in the original movie. He said, are you going to F one of them? And they decided to, so it maintains a lower rating, to change it. Okay. In some oh, versions. In, I was going to say, in mine, in I'm pretty in sure Australia, he said, he the said F, F. Right. It, on, I watched it again on TV last night. Because it it's him rated. So, it said yeah. screw. It said screw on TV. On TV. Yeah. wonder what was rated on TV last I'm night. I'm not sure. But in the Australian theatrical, it said, are oh, you want to F one of them? And that's when he knocks him out. Yeah, and then he and then he's and just, his, his he excuse says, for that is he can't say that kind of language yeah. in front of a woman. And he goes, "Sorry, girls, but you hang outside of a bar like this, you're going to hear that yeah. kind of language." He's trying to give them advice, and then he tries to drive his cabbie mate home. He goes, "That's you, dopes. Don't want to have so many accidents. You veer steering wheels on the wrong side of the car." It was them rated on TV as well. Okay. So, so uh, the next day, Sue pretends she's the maid coming to he, see him. He, the maid does come in and, yeah. and bring towels. Senor Mick! And then she puts yeah. a leg into the yes, bathroom. That you, and, oh, my Lord. But again, it shows you he's bonded with the, these all these these menial staff. Yes. He's, yes. he's sort of bonded with them. As you said They're earlier. All the same. As you said earlier, yeah. people that would never normally have any conversation. Not given the yeah. time of day. And he's already bonded with How many with times have Rosita? you had conversations with maid staff in the rooms? Not often. Yeah. But when I say hello to people, though, I, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more a Mick Dundee, I reckon. I talk to any, everyone, even mm. when I like work. I'm more and, a New Yorker. Well, but You're more a New Yorker. But I, I, I chat to people, and I, I, I want to know it's what they do. It's one of your great traits, mate. I want to know what they do. It's one of your great traits. Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, I love how though she puts her she makes a solid leg in the door there mm. and thinking hey, and he, he immediately covers but, up thinking but, what's going on here? But hang on a minute, he was prepared to sleep with a guy, guy slash girl the night before, right? And now he's he's got the the, the woman who he thinks is the oh, maid, yeah, and he says, that. oh hang on, Rosita, I was only being friendly, darling. Like he'd be thinking, bring it on, baby. <laughs> yeah, maybe anyway. 
he uh, he decides. Oh, well, luckily it was Sue anyway. They go exploring uh, the streets of New York once again, and this I think they're in a they were outside a, a a barber or something, watching people get haircuts or something. Did you notice this bit? I thought, yeah, it was a bit I th- weird. I thought it was a tattoo parlor, but it was a hair. It was a barber, sort of strange haircuts people are getting. Okay. There was a crowd of people outside. Right. And then the this guy remember snatches the bag off the lady, and then Mick grabs a, one of the cans and just tosses it, pelts him with it, knocks him to the ground at like 20, 30 well, meters. Genius! They, yeah. Everyone's clapping and everything. But again, so again he's a hero. See, see, yeah. this goes to the you know the the getting the buffalo down, yeah. all that stuff. He actually does skills. have skills. Absolutely, mate. it's not no doubt about it. A front, yeah, no doubt about it. Now they go to a party that night, and Mick is introduced to a tall woman. Oh, this is so good. And who Mick thinks. He's got a deep a voice. Yeah, deep very voice deep voice. A solid build. But he decides to go for the crotch move again. Wonderful. Man, how are you? Couldn't be better. <laughs> Tell me, who's the new man? But this is the man I'm writing about, Nick Dundee. Oh. Something matter, darling? <laughs> oh. Ah, pleased to meet you. <laughs> At that okay, point, he's, he's fine. He's Australian. He's Australian. <laughs> Maybe I better go there someday. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the funny thing because then I'm like, well, hang on a minute, what, what is, is that? Going what on? all Australians that, do? No, but that does seem like somewhat. Yeah. Anyway, it's a very He's strange yeah, moment. Yeah. But anyway, absolutely. Um, but the, the the next bit where he he walks into a side room and like a kitchen and there's a bloke sitting at a table doing yeah. lines of coke. <laughs> And, yes, you got a cold, mate. And the bloke's like, well, you know, I've got, got a cold. A and he's just like, oh, let me nose. show you how you do it. He gets a, gets a saucepan, <laughs> some hot boiling water, and puts all the cocaine, the yeah. bag and the lines oh, yeah, into the it, lot. and a tea towel, and tells him to tells him to breathe it in for the That's next funny. 10 minutes. That's funny. And she sees it. Yeah. The great thing goes, is Sue sees yeah. it, and she goes, you know, that was like a couple hundred, couple hundred dollars worth of the cocaine. Probably a couple of thousand now, wouldn't it? And he it? goes, well, he goes what, what is it? He goes, she didn't understand what it was. No. He goes, oh, it's a drug. You sniff it. He goes, oh, what, like a blowfly? You give, it, she says, it gives you a buzz. buzz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very funny. It's that innocence, though, as well, that's appealing. That, that to, plays the, the, the whole character. fish out of water thing spot is on. really smart. Uh, Mick go, calls home to Wall and Donk. I like, he goes, hey, yeah, well, Donk, what's that? He goes, hey, Mick, get stuffed. <laughs> he says, we're over the phone. Uh, and he goes, listen, Wall, if it's okay with you, he goes, I might stay a while. And he's thinking, look, I want to have a look around. And so uh, we then come up to the most famous scene. And probably Mick, one of the most quoted scenes in movies. Absolutely. No? I agree, mate. It'd be in the top 100 lines in movies. It'd be more than that, I reckon. I reckon. It'd be and, a lower uh, number. Mick and Sue at City Hall Station. I've been to this station. I've yep. even matched up shots. I've done my old, my old trick. poor simple. And uh, a guy comes up with a knife. You got a light, buddy? Yeah, sure, kid. There you go. And your wallet. Nick. Give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. (laughs) That's not a knife. That's a knife. (laughs) Just kids having fun. (laughs) You all right? I'm always all right when I'm with you, Dundee. Hey. God, that sounds corny. Why do you always make me feel like Jane in a Tarzan comic? <laughs> I have another little smoochy then too, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, happening. 
So the next scene is her in the office. She seems distracted. I think she's thinking about stuff. And she's sitting at a typewriter in computer. her office. Yeah. yeah, old computer. Yeah, uh, word, word Richard, processor, Richard comes in and says, "Look, I've been doing some thinking." And yeah. this old guy comes in and goes, "Is that how you propose to the greatest catch in New York?" And it turns out it's her dad, her dad who's yeah. the publisher of the newspaper. Right. Uh, and she says, look, she may, he mentions a big welcome home dinner for Sue at the Weekend House, which is a <laughs> massive, the Weekend House. And uh, that's the next night. So the welcome dinner, they arrive. And then and she goes, like oh, hang the, on. It's like bigger than the house in, oh, it's I massive, don't know, what yeah. is it, The Bachelor or, yeah, you know, huge. one of those shows. Yeah. But uh, they arrive. And he goes, oh, they've released the hounds. And Mick, again, does the old trick with the buffalo, yeah. charms the Rottweilers. And they're like putty in his hands. Yep. I like how um, Gus comes around and they bark at him. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> but he goes, no, I'm not going to try that. Yeah, I'm out. Uh, then Mick is introduced to some guests and uh, he describes the joint. He goes, oh, I'd like a lunatic asylum, but I fit right in. And then uh, <laughs> Sue, Sue and he have a chat about that. Nice people. Dorothy's fine now, but she used to be really uptight. What happened? She found a wonderful shrink. Psychiatrist. I shouldn't have made that crack about the lunatic asylum. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know she was nuts. Of course she's not nuts. People go to a psychiatrist to talk about their problems. She just needed to unload them. You know, bring them out in the open. Haven't you got any mates? You're right. Guess we could all use more mates. Good line. I suppose you don't have any shrinks that walk about Creek. No, back there, if you've got a problem, you tell Wally. And he tells everyone in town, brings it out in the open, no more problem. <laughs> exactly. It's a good Come line. Wall, but it's also genius. quite deep if you think about it, yeah, right? Yeah. Firstly, he Has knows exactly what a psychologist yeah. is and he talks yeah. about how we don't need that. We've got mates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of, it, again, weirdly, I That's look at that and I go, but that's what's missing from society today. Like yeah, I, I yeah. actually sat and dwelled on that for a minute. I'm thinking, I think that's, you I'm, know, I'm here for you, buddy. a problem with the world, don't you reckon? <laughs> I'm here for you, mate. Well, thanks, buddy. <laughs> no, you're right. You hasn't she got any mates? And that's, it's sort of, it's all that are you okay sort of stuff. You yeah. ask your mates, are you okay? Spot that, on. That's kind of there. Uh, so uh, at the at this dinner, Richard proposes to Sue like in front out of, the of blue, everyone. Well, at the dinner, you knew he was going like, to do. We it. knew it was going to happen. The but dad knew it was going to happen. Yeah. She did not know it was going to happen. She didn't know. Mick sort of think. Oh, try. He puts on the brave face. He's yes. obviously disappointed. Yeah, but he, he leaves. He pretty much immediately leaves. Yeah, he goes and he tells Gus. He goes, mate. Take, he goes back to the hotel. He goes, yeah, via a liquor store. And then he gives him Gus a bottle. Gus gives him a bottle. For medicinal purposes. a bit of a bottle. He's already I've had some already. But then already. He, uh, he drops him off at Times Square. Do you know, this yeah, was Times Square. Very older looking Times yeah. Square, isn't it? And then he walks up, sees two pros uh, thinking they're young girls, and thinks one is Simone. He goes, oh, sorry, I mistook, mistook you for someone else. Runs into the same pimp. Yep. And then he goes, oh, hey, a kangaroo boy. You're going to hop away? And then he cracks him again. But he's got two thugs with him. And I think he cracks one, and then the other bloke gets him and... Then Gus to the rescue. Gus came, comes, comes in with a car, the then he knocks one out with a car. Yep. And then he, you know, that little that, that shape on the back of the car the looks like a boomerang. On the back, yeah. And he grabs one. Which we which which was an Australian it. thing as well. On the back of an old Ford yeah. Fairmont, you know, limo. Right? What do they call that? I don't know. It's yeah. not aerodynamic, that's for sure. Yeah, it was just so a way of indicating a higher car. Yeah. But you know when they do stretch you know, yes. fair lanes, they would have those on them. There you go, mate. There you go. And, and then Gus he, yeah, takes him out. He throws one and then he says to him, he goes, you sure you're up from a tribe? When he hits him with it. So that's pretty cool. Um, the next morning, Sue's calling his room, but Mick is not answering. Um, she finds out from the, uh, the, de- the lady on the phone that he's checking out today. Yeah. He called down to check out today. Um, so Mick's, Mick's heading out. He leaves and he says goodbye to the doorman, Irving. 
G'day, Irving. How are you, mate? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Wouldn't be dead for dollars. Close. <laughs> are you leaving us, Mick? You going back home? Uh, no, I thought I'd go walk about. Uh, I'll wander around and take a look at America. For how long? As long as it takes. What's the quickest way out of town? Well, if you're looking for adventure, there's a subway about two blocks that way. It'll take you to Grand Central Station. That'll do. Uh, have a nice day, weaving. <laughs> um, no worries, mate. <laughs> That's cute. It's, it shows the evolution of yeah. their relationship over the course of a few days exactly. or a week. He's the doorman, Irving, yeah. right? And and it's also too shows well at that at that time. The um the whole in interest in Australia and the way we speak that sort of really highlighted how yeah, yeah, yeah. that that was something that was new to yep. Americans Fair and cool. and again endear themselves. Uh, yeah, audiences love that. Uh, so Sue arrives shortly after, and her dad. I think when she rushes out of the car, her dad says, "Are you sure about what you're doing?" So she obviously so she's knows. Made a she's talked to her dad about it. Yes, I feel like she, her dad knows. Yes, that she's not marrying old mate. Yes, and she so she decides. She asks where he went. He goes, "I went down the subway," and she ends up running down, which I think is along, um, you know, the Central Park North. Yes. So that bit in front of the, where the hotel is. So she's running down there. There is a subway Maybe just south, there. Central Park South. Central Park South, sorry. Yes. Um, and so, you know, along, it's, yeah. it's, it's what is it, 55th Street, I think that Something is. Something like that, yeah. And, and she's running towards Columbus Circle that way. And um, she then she tosses off her shoes Anyone and that's heads been to down. New York at this point is yeah. going, you could find a subway entrance. I'm not going to yeah. show you, sure you find a yeah, which the, platform. The right on. one, yeah, exactly. Good right. luck. Yeah. But, uh, but she, she arrives there and she spots him on the crowded platform and relays a message to him. I gotta talk to that man down the end, the one in the black hat. Hey! Lady here wants to talk to the guy in the black hat. Hey, fella! What does she want? What does she want? What do you want? Tell him not to leave. I'm not going to marry Richard. <laughs> this is good. I like how they relay it. Draws it out. She's not going to marry Richard. <laughs> Don't leave. I'm not going to marry Richard. See the first person, third person changes as <laughs> yeah. well. They, they just smart. They adapt. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Tell him I love him. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> well, uh, tell her. Uh, I'll tell him myself. I'm coming through. And then she says, hey, you to get there. We're packed in like sheep. And then he sort of starts walking on top of everyone. He walks on the shoulders and heads of people uh, amazingly quite funny, quite in a funny. miracle. So he walks over the top and then they get together. They embrace and there's a nice little still. They don't kiss on him. They just embrace and mm. smile and that's the end. But that's it. And yeah. so it's fascinating because like five minutes earlier, like how is this, like yeah. in, in a modern streaming world, 
you, yeah. you know, you press the down arrow and you see the progress bar and you think, yeah. there's, there's only a few minutes, minutes to go, to go yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, no. And you're thinking, what's going to happen? Yeah. And then it ends. It just wraps up quick, quickly, oh, yeah. And the interesting thing but is... I think, I think it works, though. It works. Part of me now knowing that there's a sequel and everything goes, oh, it's yeah. built for a sequel, but I don't believe for a second it I was written for a sequel. I don't think at that time, no. No. I think it was just written, it's like... um. We yeah. just need them to be together in the end. Yeah. Boom. Done. Happy ending. We've Happy had ending. we've had the two acts, the yep. two scenes, the two yep. movies separately. Australia and New York. Happy ending. We've had the fun. It's a happy ending. Done. <laughs> Who doesn't it's like very a happy cool. ending? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do, let's hear some lines now. Here are some of my favourites. Right. Well, uh, till Wednesday. Cheerio. Wednesday. What's today, Walt? <laughs> Monday. Doesn't know. Doesn't care. <laughs> Lucky bastard. Yeah. That was that's, that's really a great line. It's that's a deep. deeper than you think. Yeah, hundred yes. like, percent. Doesn't know. Doesn't care. We well, think about it, right? Lucky like, bastard. It, it is. It's like yeah. when you're on holidays and you're you're midway through with no worry about yeah. it coming to an yeah. end. You literally just don't care. Yeah, that's him, mate. Good on him. And I love this when remember when Nev uh, they see Nev <laughs> and uh, she goes, "How does he find his way in the dark?" How does he find his way in the dark? He thinks his way. A lot of people believe that they're telepathic. Oh, God, I hate the bush. Because <laughs> yeah, he's, he's such a, to go, oh, he's a city bloke having to come out to a oh, corroborate. It's so good. That was funny. I hate the bush. And this is also when uh, she says to Wall that she's going to take Mick to New York. I want Mick to come back to New York with me. Mick? In a big city? No chance. Paper would pay. Well, a man should broaden his horizons. <laughs> he was quickly convinced there. Uh, and this is the other one. Remember, they're in, uh, I think they're in Times Square and uh, they're grabbing a hot dog. With chili, onions, sauerkraut, <laughs> and some peppers. There you go. You eat that? Well, you know, you can live on it, but it tastes like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that was sort of the callback to it's the Goanna, good, the good old Goanna back. scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, uh, how did that happen? A couple of little plot holes here, mate. I know Mick tells Sue, remember she said, how old are you? And he says, I don't know, I was born in, a, in the summertime. But then he goes to New York. How does he get a passport? If he doesn't know when he was born. Oh, okay, mate. Come on. <laughs> he's got to know his birthday. Movie he's magic. got to know his birthday. It was pre-9-11. He's probably just got on the plane. Maybe. Okay, sure. Uh, when Remember when Mick's uh, using the Rue to shoot the shoot the guys? Mm. He's got a pretty high-caliber rifle. Where did he get that from? Um, where did he get it from? No, he had that the one that he had was, with him? That was okay. his rifle. Right. But it was the caliber of that rifle is pretty high-caliber. Right. So when he used – when he remember the guy's holding the spotlight – if he had a shot the spotlight out, the bullet would have gone straight through and killed that bloke. It would have been too high caliber. Wouldn't have just taken out the light. Yeah. Could have been a murder charge <laughs> on Mick Dundee. Uh, also at the start, there's a little Wall is saying, Wall says, look, uh, it's the drink. It's the drink talking. Uh, but Mick has not had a beard in the, in the time when he was with Sue. Oh, that's true. And so that really, uh, Wall sort of apologizes. He goes, oh, it's the drink. He's, on, he's had a drink. But he hasn't. He never drank at all. He might have scene. done before he preloaded. Maybe, right. Things you, things you might not know, uh, there were steel, rubber, and aluminium ver, aluminium versions of the knife. 
So, you know, the, oh, that's right. knife. They had all different versions. Ho- Paul Hogan, of course, has the original steel knife in the movie. Oh, would that be that, worth? Mate, imagine that framed in your, in your, in your like, that, that would be worth. Mate, that's, okay, you've won 40 million Powerball. Okay. I reckon that's worth, I reckon that'd be worth like $150,000. Someone would pay for I that. I think it'd be worth more you than that. You reckon more than that? I think. Yeah. That's baggy green territory, mate. That's big dollars. Yeah, that's that is massive. Yeah, yeah. half a million to a million. You think so? Easy. Mate, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber only got like 400000 Really? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm thinking it's probably worth Okay, well, you that. know more about movie yeah. memorabilia. But to be right. solid, solid. Uh, there were Crocodile Dundee tours of Kakadu National Park after the movie came out. What a they shot. cashed in. Solid. Good on them. Now, in the scene, remember when Sue gets attacked by the crocodile? Yeah. And, and Mick comes in and hugs her. That was apparently the exact right thing to do because when a person goes into shock, they have a sudden drop in blood flow and they could, they're, they're a chance of even getting hypothermia because right. they're in shock. So him hugging her uh, when he transfers his body heat and it helped her. Wow. That he, he knew the right, whether he meant it or not, he actually did the right thing. You'd have hugged her? Absolutely. I would have hugged her. In that, wearing that G-string bikini. Now, did you know also that the ATO had a massive? Uh, they were after Mick, uh, after, after Paul, Paul Hogan, Hogan yeah, to pay like some in the last taxes. Ten or twenty years, wasn't it? You've got to remember how much money this movie made. Yeah, and I think he was. Look, it wasn't dodging taxes. He claimed the whole time that he paid the taxes that were necessary, but the yeah. ATO still pursued him. They reckon he owed one hundred and fifty million dollars, million dollars, one hundred fifty million in unpaid taxes. They said that they that the ATO's claim was the he evaded tax by putting the profits through a, the franchise of the move profits of the movie through a series of overseas tax havens. He was trying to minimise his tax. Kerry Packer, Kerry Packer minimise your tax. Way to do it. Exactly right. But in uh, 2012, after five years of legal battles. Uh, the ATO dropped their criminal investigation and they reached a settlement. We don't know how much the settlement was for, though. Interesting. Yeah. And, of course, we know that uh, Linda Kozlowski and Paul Hogan became an item after this movie. Did he you know that? He spent a bit of time with her. Yeah. Uh, they so they got married, the, didn't they? Yeah. The, sort of the movie sort of played out in real life. So yeah. he fell in love with her and they he left his wife of, of, of 17 years or whatever and, and, and hooked up with uh, Linda Kozlowski, who was 20 years younger than him. Uh, and they they started a relationship. They also ha- – she had a previous marriage as well. Uh, they married in 1990, and uh, they also – they had a child named Chance who was in uh, back, uh, Crocodile Dundee Goes to Los Angeles. Terrible movie, but he was in it. <laughs> um, and they announced their – they separated in 2013 after 23 years of marriage. That's they were married 23 innings. years, and they, yeah. they went their own ways. And uh, she also appeared in a few movies with him. I think yep. one of them was um, the, the – angel one. The almost an angel as yeah. well, yeah. Um, did you notice? No. Peter, one of the kangaroo hunters, mm. was played by Brett Hogan, and actually Paul Hogan's son. Did not notice. Yeah. Uh, did you also notice that right? You know, right at the end when he walked, tries to walk over the people. If you have a really close look, see the you beam? can see there's a platform that is used to to get in there. Yeah, so not too bad. Righto, three questions for Trev. Hit me. One, how does the film hold up today? Remember all those things we I think spoke we've talked about, about it yeah. a lot. I, I think it holds up really well. As okay. long as you go into it knowing it was from the late 80s. Yeah. You can't – like I couldn't – this is one of those movies, and we talk about often this show being about introducing new young people to movies. Now, yeah. I tried to get the kids to watch this with me. I watched the trailer with them. 
no interest. So the trailer did not get my kids keen. Yeah. So I watched it alone. Um, <laughs> the, so they didn't want, they weren't interested in it? No. Nah, and I think, yeah, I think you need to be able to explain some stuff, unfortunately. Okay. Unfortunately, I think you do need to essentially explain what, what's, what's kosher and what's not these days. Okay. Yeah. Question two. Have you seen or did you know of Crocodile Dundee 2? Wasn't aware. Yeah. That, that's a, you that, think that one's okay? It's, it's good. I, I enjoyed it. And, and it's it's sort of a, it's this movie in reverse. Like Sue gets into drama and has to, they they come back to Australia to protect her, to, to, to okay. do something. Yeah. So it's actually not too bad. Okay. Uh, and question three, uh, after they, so we're talking about the fictitious characters, Mick Dundee and Sue Charlton. Do they have a future together? Do you see them living happily ever after? Hundred percent. Yeah, she's. But you know why? Because um, he shows genuine care, not just lust. Yep. And she has this clear sense of safety around him. So th- I think those two things make for a great relationship. Okay. Well, that this is, is Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil. This that was Crocodile Dundee. So give us your wrap up and your rating. I really enjoyed it because it was just one – like I like I like these ones that are just there not to make you think but just make yeah. you smile, laugh and, and watch. Correct. So for that, it's a great thing. I do think it stands the test of time with the knowledge of, of the, the era. Yep. And um, I, I think – I'm actually more blown away now that I, I assume this was post his US celebrity. No, so the this fact is what, that this, this is kind of well, what sparked it, yeah. That just blows my mind. Man, yeah. I loved it. It was a good movie. Yep. Um, I think it's an eight for me. I'm with you. Eight. I'm a, I'm spot on eight. Uh, it, it's look, it's not a perfect movie, but it, nah. it's it's entertaining. It, it's a beautiful what, movie to watch, especially the Australian bits. Do you think these kind of yeah. movies still get made? I don't think so. No. I think this would be a. I don't think put it this way. If this was made in 2023, it'd be a Netflix straight to Netflix. Yeah, movie. yeah I yeah. don't think you'd, it's a cinema well, release. Well, I think you should watch The Machine with Bert Kreischer yes, because I, will. I haven't he, watched it yet. Well, he, Luke Skywalker's in it. Of course he often it. talks with Tom and others. Uh, yeah. We're talking about comedians here yeah. uh, about how comedy movies aren't made anymore, and they yes. wanted that to be a success. I've heard so that, that conversation as well. Yeah, so that yeah. they could, you know, set the path. Um, yeah. Tom and Bert uh, have, have got a deal for a movie ah. called Fat Astronauts. Really. Which they've but, obviously but written and come up I with. And I think that's what the, we need more fun. Oh, we do. So no. that Bill Burr movie we watched, we saw, we yeah. both talked about, you know, yes. the, uh, old, old dads. dads. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just fun. Uh, it's absolutely. a bit of a take on society, but, but, you know. Again, would you have gone to the cinema to watch that? That was nah. a Netflix movie, nah. right? Now, but I noticed nowadays, and a bit off topic here, but I noticed nowadays that movies that are made that are released in cinemas, right? So I'll give you a couple, two examples. Kills, for Oscars. Killers of the Flower Moon. Right. Yeah, for Oscars. But Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, in cinemas now, on Netflix, December 18. Wow. They just and say, listen, don't yeah. bother. So why bother? The other one was, uh, and I watched this on the weekend, great movie, Leave the World Behind. Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Mahershala, Mahershala Ali, in cinemas now, Netflix, December 8. Huh. And I watched it, a great movie. That, that'll be on our list down the track. It's a great, great movie. But interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that was Crocodile Dundee. Shall what we are we doing next week? Next week. Next week we are watching It's a Wonderful Life for Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. Is it? I don't yeah. know it. Anyway, who stars in It's a Wonderful Life? Is it A, Tony Curtis, B, Jack Lemon, C, Jimmy Stewart, or D, Walter Matthau? Need to know how old the movie is, but I'm going to say. It's old. Um, oh, really? Yeah. C. 
Jimmy Stewart. Bing, 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 bing. Correct. Oh, see, that gave it to me, Erotica. <laughs> yeah, good movie. Jimmy it's a, it's, a, it's an old. And look, we're recording this at the time. It's Christmas time. So I think last year or the year before, we did Die Hard just before Christmas. Which is not a Christmas which you movie. you think isn't a Christmas movie. Christmas this movie. is definitely a Christmas movie okay, and a favourite. Is there snow and Santa and Christmas trees? Uh, well, I'm yeah, hoping not there Santa, is, maybe. There is, okay. yeah. Right here. And there is, also, this was made in black and white, but there's also a colourised version of this as well. So okay. I don't know which version you'll I'll be seeing. I'll find it on Fetch. But it's definitely on Fetch. What's it called? But that was It's a Wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life. So, yeah, thank you all for joining us for Crocodile Dundee. And, Trev, we'll see you next week. See you then.